if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get underway now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Friday. I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to stop myself from calling it a free for all Friday because it's not free for all today. We are jammed up with very important guests. But it is the 26th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2021. And uh, let's make it a great day. And let's start that great day by appealing to the patriotism in all of us and ticking off the liberals who hate this country with our Pledge of Allegiance. Everyone stand up and say with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! And a child shall lead them. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And yes, you did a great job, young man, and hopefully everyone else did as well. Coming up on the program today... Uh, in about a half an hour, we are going to respond and react to one of the most embarrassing things that I think I've seen in a very long time from a presidential press conference. Bill, or excuse me, uh, uh, Joe Biden's uh, attempt at trying to field questions, even questions that he knew ahead of time, even questions for which he had note cards with the answers. Uh, it, it was it was pathetically incompetent. The President of the United States is pathetically incompetent watching him try to handle that press conference yesterday, even though they made it as softball-y as they possibly could. Bill Johnson, Ohio uh, Congressman Bill Johnson, will join us at 935 to react to that. Then at 1010, our friend Rob Walgate from the Ohio Roundtable will be by to join us to talk about uh, SB22. Yesterday I had a very interesting interview with Representative Nino Vitale a guy that I used to see eye-to-eye with on a number of things. I still do, and I told him that yesterday in terms of uh, Ohio's unconstitutional lockdowns and Mike DeWine's uh, butchering of the response to the pandemic. Um, I still do see eye-to-eye with him on that, but um, I think he embarrassed himself yesterday on this radio program. I think he embarrassed himself. He is embarrassing himself on a daily basis by continuing to uh, make the good the enemy, or perfect the enemy of the good. 
he continues to advocate for something, a bill that was not on the table. He continues to advocate for things that probably would not pass as easily and certainly would not survive a a gubernatorial veto with an override. The way yesterday's bill did, and worst of all, he refused to show up and vote for or against that override. I thought it was a cowardly act, to be honest with you. I got to the bottom with it, uh, of it with him the best I could. Uh, Rob Walgate listened to that as well, and Rob Walgate has some responses. That'll be coming up at 1010. Then at 1035, our regular Friday analysis from former Ohio State Representative Christina Hagan, and we will discuss a variety of issues on the docket for today. Uh, but I do want to start with the press conference. Which, if I'm a Democrat, I'm, I'm cringing right now, and I'm probably calling privately, calling the press conference from hell. Publicly, oh, he did a phenomenal job. He was superb. He was just, he was on point. He handled everything smoothly. His first press conference in 64 days as president. 64. By far and away the longest period of time that a president has waited to address the press and to have a solo press conference in which the press corps is able to grill him and ask him tons of questions. First of all, he waited 64 days. Second of all, and by the way, I have completely bypassed the fact that his real uh, obligation to the American people He has completely ignored, forget about press conferences, he owes the American people a State of the Union address. This guy came in on day one of his inauguration and signed some 30 executive orders. Within the first two weeks, some 40 or 50 executive orders, completely ignoring the legislature, which is the will of the people, and then... When it's incumbent upon him to stand at the podium in a joint session of Congress and address the nation with the state of our great union, he refuses to do so because he would have had to explain all of those those orders. He would have had to explain how and why, um, you know, getting rid of immediately 11,000 jobs with the Keystone XL pipeline is a good idea. He would have to explain why gas prices and heating prices are going up. He would have to explain why we're no longer energy independent. He would have to explain why he's raising taxes. He would have to explain why, 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 why. He ignored the, the obligation that he has to conduct a State of the Union address. Then when it just comes to a press conference, 64 days later, he finally stands in. Publicly... The Democrats are saying what a great job he did, even though he did not address even one time the pandemic. In an hour-long press conference filled with rambling, incoherency, filled with, uh, I mean, did you see the press conference when he literally wandered away from the podium? I hate to say it, but it's just... Kind of like you see sometimes when senior citizens forget where they are and what they're doing there. He wandered away as if he was like going to go for a walk or something and then realized somebody's talking and and somebody's asking him a question and he had to go back to the microphone. He had to answer it. It was bizarre. I mean, his cognitive decline is precipitous. It is that it is serious. It is it is severe. So it's just filled with, like I said, rambling, nonsense statements, pauses, the likes of which you just don't see. 
I guarantee you, anybody who carried that press conference on radio yesterday was cringing at the extraordinary long periods of dead air. I tell you about that, you know, just behind-the-scenes radio. The worst thing in the world in the radio business is dead air. Even if you're trying to make a point, you can't let a pregnant pause so that the point can sink in. You can't let it last too long because when there's dead air, uh, you know, the people meters stop reading it and people turn the station thinking that it's off the air and that sort of thing. You don't do dead air. He gave so much dead air yesterday, it was just embarrassing. But more importantly, so many times we saw an example of why the Democrats are, uh, you know, uh, so excited and eager about handing over the presidency to Kamala Harris. This guy is exactly what they wanted him to be, the Trojan horse. We t- we ride, it's elder abuse is what it is. We, we ride this guy into the White House, this old guy with his quote-unquote moderate views that will be a little bit less threatening to all Americans than a real socialist would be. We ride him in knowing that cognitively, mentally, and physically he's not going to be able to survive a term, and then we hand it to the socialists that we really want to change this country from the constitutional republic that it is to the socialist nation, in fact, boarding on communist nation, that they, believers in big government, support. And it's all on display now. This is why they hid him for 64 days. And even when they bring him out, they bring him out knowing who he will ask, uh, call upon for questions, exactly zero, zero conservative publications or outlets were called on because they couldn't have this man actually have to answer a tough question. So they give him the softball questions from the cheerleaders in the press. They give him note cards with pictures of the reporters and their names and what they're going to ask about so he's ready to answer them. Lord only knows what other note cards he had with the answers to the pre-approved questions. And despite all of those advantages, he was still embarrassing. And I mean humiliatingly embarrassing. Here's a minute and a half just a little tiny montage of some of the stuff that we're talking about. That again, if you're an honest observer and you're not partisan and you're not just Democrat, boy, Biden was awesome. If you truly are honest, you listen to this little montage and tell me that this guy is really all there with all of his mental faculties. You're going to have to, the existing rule, uh, it's going to be hard to get a parliamentary ruling that allows. 50 votes to end the filibuster, the, the existence of a filibuster. Um, but, um, it's, well, look. <laughs> and uh, there will be, uh, so uh, um, that's what we're doing right now. And most of the scholars I dealt with at Penn agree with me around the country. Um, this is a, uh, um, um, where am I here? Not abolish it if it's a relic of the Jim Crow era. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Look, I'm, I, I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway, 
I'm, we're going to get a lot done. I, um, I'm not the only person to use the words elder abuse to describe what's going on with Joe Biden. I think it's almost criminal of his family and his friends to push this very, very confused, cognitively declining old man uh, up before the world to, to, to try to do things he's incapable of doing. Um, it's, it's, it's a shame, really. It's, it's almost criminal what is being done to him. Not that he isn't asking for it, because he is, but anybody who cares about him should say, Dad, Grandpa, Great Grandpa, Pal, Friend, Senator, Vice President, Sir, it's time. This this isn't the right thing for you to do. Let's let's not make this this run. Let's let some of the next generation take it take it from here. And instead, they didn't do that because they knew they needed somebody that they would consider non-threatening to run against Donald Trump. Somebody who would be um, not a socialist. Somebody who would not be so radical in the far far left wing of the party, at least while running, that they could get through. Then, essentially, replace him with the socialist. But they don't care about him. They just don't care about him. And that's why they allow him to go up there and embarrass himself in these uh, incredible ways. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Uh, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, Sangman, Miss Kim. Do you ever, you ever have a conversation with a grandpa or a great grandpa where they start telling a story, and then halfway through it, or at some point through it, they completely forget what story they were telling, and they just trail off. And you just sit there and nod your head politely and say, thanks, Grandpa, or wow, Grandpa, or what a great story, Grandpa. You ever you ever see that? I think probably most of us have. That's Joe Biden. But instead of sitting on the front porch swing telling stories of the past and then trailing off and forgetting where they were going with that story, Joe Biden does it at a podium in front of the world. And it's not just you and I and others that saw that. Don't think that the Chinese Communist Party government didn't watch that. Don't think that Kim Jong-un in North Korea didn't watch that. Don't think that Vladimir Putin didn't watch that. Don't think that the rest of the world, particularly those who do not view the United States in a positive light, don't think that they know, or don't know rather, that we are led by a man who is completely gone. Or at least is on his way to being gone. Don't think that our enemies aren't taking note of the fact that we have a man who is almost incapacitated in charge of the United States military, economy, and society. Don't think that they're not watching. Congressman Bill Johnson is going to respond and react to what you just heard and the rest of what uh, Joe Biden did at the podium yesterday. That'll be coming up at 935. I do have a segment coming up next for your phone calls. If you want to get into this, do it now. 216-901-0945. Right back. 
You know, I have to say, I mean, I'd like to say I take no joy in this because it's kind of mean to make fun of a guy who's out of his element and a guy who's maybe lost his fastball and that sort of thing with Joe Biden. But I have to admit, I mean, look, it's politics. And after what they did to Donald Trump, it's not like I should feel some sort of compassion or empathy for their guy, you know, exhibiting such extraordinary, you know, cognitive decline. Uh, I don't enjoy it, but I have to say, you know, there is a sense of satisfaction to it. I take no pride in that. I probably should confess that. I probably should ask for some absolution for that. But, but in reality, you listen to this, and you know they brought it on themselves. So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. <laughs> I, I, we're waiting. It's okay, Grandpa. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Do you do? You, do you need a nap? Can I get you something to drink, Grandpa? Grant? No, it's okay, Grandpa. That's how I feel, Tracy. And that's not a knock on Grandpas, by the way. But Grandpas who don't have all of their faculties shouldn't be running the country. Tracy in Strongsville. Hi, Tracy. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, yeah, Biden. This has just been a disaster, totally from the beginning, but. Do we want him to, to be taken out and have Kamala become president? Because that's pretty flippin' scary to me, too. Well, that was their goal. From I think the she's start. more radical. Well, well, I don't know that she can be, though. That's the bizarre part about this. He came in as the quote-unquote moderate choice who wasn't a radical socialist. But because of, you know, the goal here, he is being a radical socialist. What more could a could a, uh, a Kamala Harris do that he hasn't done in 65 days as president, uh, you know, that would be more radical? He is pushing through, not in one great big bill, but by piecemeal, he is putting through the Green New Deal. By piecemeal, he is funding every Democrat pet project. He is eliminating uh, 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 all of the gains made by President Trump. Tax cuts are going to become tax increases. All of the things that he's doing, I would imagine Kamala Harris, I would imagine a Bernie Sanders or anybody else would have done as well. I think it's, you know, they're all... They're all uh, different shades but, of this, you know. Let yeah. me ask you this. Do you, think it's, do you think it's possible, though, that this is all part of the original plan? Get Kamala there, then you have Pelosi being vice president, and then they get rid of Kamala. Pelosi does not automatically advance to vice president. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. Kamala, has to, Kamala has to pick somebody, nominate right. somebody. But, I mean, I would think she's going to pick her. I no, I don't think she would. To be honest with you, I really don't. Well, Nancy that's Pelosi, good. That Nancy Pelosi is friends. Nancy Pelosi is worse than than Joe Biden. If you listen to her babbling uh, in in front of microphones, <laughs> you know, with her dentures falling out. And again, again, not well, it could be the wine though but, too. Yeah, that's true. But but no, I I don't think I think she would probably pick somebody younger who is you know uh, you know more. Um, uh, you know, able to carry out the young socialist vision. I think Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden are the old guard, even though, you know, she is socialist and he is more radical than people uh, believe. I don't think that she would elevate to that point. But to your point about getting rid of Biden, Tracy, no, I, I, I'm not saying I want to get rid of him because Kamala Harris would be better. She would probably be worse, but not by much because he is right. the moderate that he professed to be for 47 years. He is a full-on radical now by everything he is Well, doing. he doesn't know what he is. That's the truth. He's that's just going true. along with whatever they but tell go, him to but do. going by his executive orders, and that's a good point, too. You remember the video of him saying, I don't know what I'm signing here, and they just said, shh, just sign yeah. it anyway. Lord knows. <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody who's not president is writing stuff for the president to sign, and he doesn't know what it is. So you're right. Well, it, listen, I'll see you bad, in April here in Strongsville. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate it. I am, too. April 12th, I'll be speaking to the Strongsville GOP Club. Uh, but, yeah, it's, Thanks, uh, it's a disaster. Thank you, Tracy. Uh, Bill Johnson, Ohio Congressman, is going to join us next to talk about that press conference, see what he thinks about Joe Biden's performance. Coming up next. The man of the hour has an air of great power. The dudes have ended him for so long. Have a question for Bob? A comment? A complaint? Hit up the authority message line. Call 216-525-1806 and make your voice heard. That's 216-525-1806. Call the authority message line. Yes, indeed. Always a good idea. 936, we continue. Uh, don't call it during the show. If you can avoid it, call the live number at 216-901-0945. But if you can't get through, that is the best time to leave that message. Also, some folks have been doing their life story. Look, I love you, but I can't take three-minute messages from everybody. They can't go on the air. Try to keep your comments to under 60 seconds when you leave messages on the message line. Then we will air them and address them. So thanks so much in advance for that. All right. Um, Joe Biden finally took the podium 64 days into his presidency, by far and away the longest period of silence when it comes to answering press, uh, pool, pool press reporters' questions um, uh, of any president, really, uh, in history. And when he got out there, you can kind of see why it was so important for them to keep him quiet. Things did not go well for him. Joe Biden is not very, let's just say he's lost his fastball, and that's a mild way of putting it. And I want you to hear that a little bit as I bring in Bill Johnson, but we're having a little bit of a glitch. Let's give it one more shot. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. I, I, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. Not anywhere near as sorry as we are, Joe. Uh, Congressman Bill Johnson, Ohio's 6th Congressional District Representative, joins us now with reaction to the Biden presser yesterday. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. That's how I am. Yeah, me, I'm afraid me, for our me, country. Me, me too, my friend. Me too. It was it was actually a sad day. You know, I I, uh, I I I differ with Joe Biden on virtually every policy issue uh, on the table. Uh, but but it was a sad day to watch the president of the United States uh, perform the way that he did. Clearly, it was a it was a check the box. Let's say we did a press conference and move on. But uh, but it's it's very, very sad to see the president of the United States um, in that in that circumstance. You know, the worst part about it, Congressman, to me, is that it wasn't a traditional press conference where he took all comers, not knowing what he was going to be asked and had to give honest responses to the to the questions asked. He was fed the questions and the questioners ahead of time. He had note cards to rely on it to to, you know, figure out his answers. And all he had to do was read uh, and even with that advantage that no you know other presidents really have have had um i mean you've seen for 4 years donald trump 
took questions from anybody, anywhere, all the time, no notes, no anything, and just gave it all off the top of his head because he was on top of his game. Joe Biden, you're right. I, I, I don't like him from a policy standpoint either, but I feel bad for him that they're abusing him in such a way as making him do this. Well, I, I do too. You know, the two main uh, overarching points that came out of that press conference, one uh, dramatically different from President Trump's uh, press conferences that occurred over and over and over again. Uh, it was almost like state-controlled media, and and if it's if it 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 is a serious departure from what the Constitution calls a free and open press, because it was not that yesterday. So it was dr- drastically different from Trump's uh, press conferences. But the second thing is clearly the unity pledge is over. That is done. Uh, There is no motivation, no intent by the Biden administration to uh, uh, to unify our country. If you look at what they're trying to do uh, potentially with the uh, with the filibuster, uh, uh, it's crazy. You know, Congressman, the the craziest part about it is that he also doubled down on that during that press conference yesterday. He declared that um, the Republicans need to get on board with what they're doing or continue to divide the country. He literally is putting on it, putting it on the Republicans, saying, "You are the ones dividing the country if you don't come along with what we are doing." Um, and then says, "If we need to, we will get rid of the filibuster," and which is exactly the opposite of saying, "Come along with us." It's, we're going to break from you. We're not going to work with you. We're not going to. We're not going to negotiate and compromise to get to sixty votes. We're just going to slam the door in your faces. You stay over there, and we're going to go ahead and pass everything with fifty votes and a and a tiebreaker by the vice president. How in the world is he able to say both of those things in the same press conference? Well, well, he can't. He can't. Not with a straight face. Uh, only Joe Biden could say that at this point uh, with a straight face because it's not true. You know, when, when, when asked about uh, uh, relationships with China, at one point he said, we've got to prove that democracy works. And yet everything that he has done since he was sworn into office has, has proven right the opposite. From his record number of executive orders, banning the media so that they can't see what's really going on down in the border, uh, on the border with the, with the uh, humanitarian health and national security crisis, trying to nationalize our elections and take that authority away from the states in violation of Articles 1 and 2 of the Constitution, and then getting rid of the filibuster. He is, he is doing everything he can to attack uh, our democratic republic as we know it. Congressman, we're talking to Congressman Bill Johnson. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, how how did you receive his response to the the issues at the border when he was asked when are you going to allow the press to see them uh to see what's going on there and his response was something to the effect and I'll paraphrase I'm doing my best to get everything ready once we get everything the way we want it and the what with the program implemented we want to implement then we will absolutely open the doors to the press and the reporter to her credit said well when's that going to be and why not now and he continued to say it's not ready yet he essentially is saying i'm going to give you a whitewashed version of what's really going on down there we're going to clean up a facility we're going to make sure that it's not over capacity we're going to be treating the kids perfectly we're going to give these photo ops then but we're not going to 
give you the real, you know, the real uh, dirt on what's going on down there. He essentially said, I'm going to be the least transparent president in history. I'll let you know when we can see something that's, uh, you know, that's ready for prime time. Yeah, it goes back to what I said earlier. This is not the idea of a free and open press that uh, that that our Constitution calls for, that our founders envisioned. Uh, clearly, the president is confused about what's going on down at the border. I'd be willing to bet you, Bob, that he doesn't know what's going on at the border. Uh, he's just uh, he's just reciting what he's being told to say. But when you've got when you've got the highest number of of illegal immigrants storming our border uh, in 20 years, when you've got a hundred thousand uh, illegal uh, immigrant encounters in a month, in the month of uh, in the month of uh, uh, February and, and parts of March, when you've got fifteen thousand five hundred unaccompanied minors, many of which are not really minors, by the way. Uh, they're drug cartel members. They're they're criminals. We've already captured what four known uh, people on the terrorist watch list. Look, it is as if the Biden administration is serving as the sales and distribution recruiting department for the drug cartels because they're bringing these people across the border. And now with the catch and release reimplemented. Uh, getting rid of the asylum cooperative agreement that we had with Mexico, releasing these people into uh, the inner cities of the United States. These people are setting up their business operations to bring illicit drugs and crime into America. And, and President Biden is going to be held accountable for this. Well, and not just drugs and crime, but some specific crimes, including human beings. Human trafficking at the border is on a massive, massive uptick, in large part because you've got parents down there in Central American countries putting their kids in the hands of smugglers or coyotes to get them into the country, hoping they're just going to accept the pay from the parents to do so, um, and hoping that they don't take those children and sell them into you know, indentured servitude and sometimes even worse conditions and situations in this country or another. Um, and, you know, Joe Biden bears direct responsibility for that because he has made public statement after public statement, as has the director of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, that if children arrive here, quote-unquote, unaccompanied, we're going to allow them to stay here until we can reunite them with their families. And the reunification isn't in their home countries. It's here. That means they're bringing the parents here, which is just an encouragement of the parents to put their kids at risk and send them ahead so that they can try to get the whole crew here on American soil. Yeah, two things about this human trafficking thing. You mentioned the coyotes. Uh, it is staggering to me. You know, I have I have two daughters. I have four granddaughters. It is it is absolutely shocking to me that these parents uh, in South and Central America will put their daughters in the hands of these criminals to get them to the border and get them across. Many of them, uh, and I've heard reports that most of them are being sexually assaulted and abused before they even get to the border. That's number one. Number two, I've seen the human trafficking up close and personal. I have been to the border. I was there the day that they caught a family that sold their two small sons. Uh, I'm talking about ages five and seven, uh, sold them to another family that the boys did not even know. Went on across the border and sold their sons to another family from another country so that they could try to sneak across the border uh, as a family unit. 
and, and they were caught at it. Uh, this is this is devastating to these kids, and and nobody's even asking that question and paying attention to it. I'm I'm con- I'm wondering why the Human Rights Council uh, at the, at the UN is is not just raising all kinds of hell about this. Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to matter to them if the right administration, if you will, uh, is is in power. They won't hold anybody to account for these kinds of things. Congressman, let me uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, you mentioned the uh, 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 Senate Bill 1, which is the uh, For the People Act, which is the voting overhaul, voting uh, reform, if you will, which is they claim to in, make to ease access of voting so that voter suppression is not allowed in various states, which is what they call it, as a rep- Republican attempt to keep down the minority vote. Um, between that bill and the Equality Act, um, along with the spending bills, the one that just passed, the $2 trillion spending boondoggle that really has very little to nothing to do with COVID-19, now the $3 trillion planned infrastructure plus bill. Um, can you even begin to prioritize which of these bills is the most dangerous for the country? Uh, well, I, I will tell you that that HR one, uh, in my view, the, the 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 attempt by the Democrats, the Biden administration, Pelosi and Schumer, to nationalize our federal elections, I, I think that is the most dangerous. We can fix everything else if we can keep uh, control of our electoral process in the states, if we can keep control of our representative democracy. But but HR one basically strips the authorities that are guaranteed and granted to the states by Article 1 and 2 of the Constitution, strips those authorities away and brings that authority straight to Washington, D.C. And so our elections will wave in the wind depending on which uh, party is in control. Uh, It is devastatingly uh, dangerous for our country. We cannot let it pass. As an example. And that's why the filibuster is so important, Bob. You're right. Okay, and, and we could talk about that as well, that vote bear perhaps being the most dangerous. But to, to the point about uh, um, the election uh, uh, bill, and you're right as far, as far as what it does, it's kind of interesting that yesterday Governor Brian Kemp signed into law in Georgia um, Election Integrity Act of, 2000, or of 2021. What this does is it ramps up voter identification, restricts drop boxes, expands in-person voting, and less mail-in voting, and all of these kinds of things that are extraordinarily important to the integrity of our elections. This bill would be wiped out, essentially, and all other state bills like it if the uh, uh, Senate bill passes in the uh, uh, at the federal level. You know, here's here's my hope. My hope is that all the states, all fifty states, will rise up in unity uh, and and cry out about the unconstitutionality of of HR one and the attempt to nationalize our federal elections. Um, this has got to get before the Supreme Court. And just like the Supreme Court two years ago told uh, federal judges that they have no uh, jurisdiction over how states draw their uh, congressional district lines, Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court needs to tell uh, bureaucrats, administrations, and and elected politicians in Washington, D.C., you have no authority over how states conduct their elections. That's enshrined in the Constitution. Get out of the way. It's not your business. 
Yeah, and the, uh, the the real disturbing part about this is if they get away with this, and if they are alive, if they push this thing through, and especially if they abolish the filibuster, the legislative filibuster, to get this thing through. I hate to be, you know, the the downer here, but I don't know how we ever ever regain a majority in the in the legislature and I don't know how we ever win a presidential election if they're allowed to control the voting in this way. Yeah, yeah, look at look at what's going to happen when you combine that. If they get rid of the filibuster, they'll pass HR1. They'll nationalize our federal elections. Now, mm-hmm. lawsuits may uh may occur, but it'll take a while for those to get up to the Supreme Court, and we can only hope the Supreme Court would rule the right way. But but if H.R. 1 were to pass, think about you combine that with these egregious immigration policies now that's releasing thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants and no voter certification and I.D. required. Uh, you're talking about millions of people that are not citizens of the United States being allowed to vote you're exactly right bob it threatens the very foundation of our democracy and and it would have been nice going back to the original point of our call if somebody would have been able to ask him about that at the president's first and only press conference yesterday bringing those points up and asking for responses but of course we did not see any of that by the way thank you for the correction i kept saying sb1 this of course did originate in the house it's hr1 so i appreciate that correction uh congressman bill johnson thank you so much for your time sir keep up your good work we'll talk soon Thanks a lot, Bob. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless. All right, 953. We'll come out, or we'll get out, rather, so we can come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate right there. That's exactly what we heard yesterday for an hour. is an hour of lies from Joe Biden. Uh, and I love this, by the way. Speaking of lies, I'm just looking at some of the audio clips here and uh, over on uh, CNN and MSNBC. Biden's commanding performance yesterday dispelled the guy just isn't all there narrative. Really? Did you really say that? Are you really trying to sell that on national television? That that performance showed that the guy isn't all there narrative is dispelled. Really? This guy didn't know what room he was in. This is the same man who didn't know the name of his own defense secretary or the department that he represents. It's incredible. The, just the, the, the delusion that the Democrats are living under. If you thought it was bad when they had Trump derangement syndrome, you are now seeing the very uh, existence of the Biden delusion syndrome before your very eyes. They're deluding themselves into thinking the man's coherent. Derek is in uh, Richfield. Hi, Derek. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Yeah, I definitely think uh, yesterday's uh, press conference just helped to reinforce uh, the narrative that he's not all there. But, you know, at first, you know, with everything that's been canceled lately, at first I was glad that, uh, you know, uh, the State of the Union was seemingly canceled, but then we got yesterday's performance. Um, a few things I want to comment on that. First, it was kind of amusing. At one point, you heard him talk about, you know, his Irish ancestry, and, and he actually said what the Brits were doing to the Irish. I thought, and nobody's going to call him that for being any kind of derogatory uh, statement, but it's also, they, he still is saying that the problem at the border and the immigration crisis <laughs> It's the result of Donald Trump policies. It's, 
incredible they could say that with a straight face. And then, um, yeah, and unfortunately listening, um, yeah, listening to him, you know, I always, especially when the reporter asked him about him running again in 2024, I thought, <laughs> are, are you kidding me? Running again, what would that make him, 82, 83 years old by then? It's like, what? Um, you know, I think, and every time I hear him talk, maybe it's just me, but he just, I don't know, he just sounds so dried up and desiccated. I just think that somebody needs to get get him some water, rehydrate the guy. I just, I just, maybe it's just me. I just keep hearing, uh, like, Imhotep, you know, Boris Karloff from the Mummy 1930s Universal Studios <laughs> uh, monster movie. That's all that reminds me of. I'm sorry, but... I can't get that out of my head when I hear him talk. No, I understand it. I do. And and thank you for the call, Derek. Um, a lot of what you just said is true. That question, I don't know. I mean, it's it's 64 64-